Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Just Riding Along. Tonight's episode is brought to you by 40 Bottle Fireball, I think. I don't know, this is our second time trying this, so um, we've been played with technical difficulties like never before. Um, so donations, Affordable Trail Solutions, Brady, Michael, Six Pack Outdoors, Troy, Aaron, Alec, Anthony, Bill, Brad, Evan, Garrett, Superfan, Jake, Jamie, Jeff, Genitalia, Josh, Lead Out Sports, Good Old Ben from Mountain Bike Radio, Nicholas, Nick, Parker, Phil, Scott, Taylor, Ty, and the real Matthew, along with Will and Will. So with that out of the way, we've got a bunch of shit to talk about. There's a bunch of industry news that we're going to rip off from other media sites because that's what we that's do. How we roll I mean, we're not going to like read it all verbatim. Um, it's just good talking points. Um, and we're not important, so no one sends us a fucking press release. So we do what we can. <laughs> um, with that said, uh, since there's a bunch of, of things to take care of tonight, we're going to – I'm going to launch right into what I've been doing which is I've been riding. I think I've ridden my bike like three or four times since we've recorded last. Um, I've set my timber jack back up single speed. I've been trying, I've been thinking about ordering a spot rocker and I've been trying things and Google fiddling around and weighing things and figuring out how much I could make something weigh and this and that. And um, where I'm going is I'm trying to figure out like roughly how much will a spot weigh. Is it probably going to pedal better out of the saddle? Is it going to shave a couple of pounds off my timber jack? Yes, yes, yes. And I started digging into, um, uh, geometry charts super closely and my new SID 35 is not the right offset for that timber jack. So I thought I would give my Fox 34 a whirl. So I swapped everything. I swapped it from geared to single speed. I swapped the wheels because I thought I was going to save a bunch of weight moving my DT Swiss wheels around. I'll get to that. Um, it was really disappointing. Um, I thought I was going, and I wanted to try that fork. Um, so I got my timber jack set up with the DT wheels with Fox 34 at 130, and it's single speed again. And those the bike rides better with the proper offset fork. Surprise, fucking surprise, right? But um, my DT wheels are heavy as shit. They're supposed to be like 1,500-ish grams, and they're 1,600-ish grams. So it really, really makes me want to buy a pair of those super sketchy MV M525 wheels, like worse than ever. Um, they're Matt's been going on about MV M25 wheels since those were a thing. Like, those wheels were released, and I shit in my pants. Um, so I think I'm just going to have to buy some, but... I don't know. I got to sell some shit. Like, don't take this like the wrong. It's not necessarily about like the money. It's more like if I sell these three or four or five things that are sitting around that I don't need, then those wheels won't really cost nearly as much, but also I won't have other crap in the way. So it's almost like I have to wait until I get some crap out of my way so I can buy some of those wheels. Um, so a couple other options. One is... If you're interested in my wheels, let me know. Number two. Do they weigh those, under 1,400 grams? They're 15 even. That's So, no, they're not. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said your, your DTs are 1,600. MBs are 1,385. Okay. 
That's so, what I want. Okay. The Envies are good. You can also get the specialized control SLs or for less money, just the regular controls. Mm, let's just say that I can buy Envies, but I can't buy those wheels. No, that's fair enough. So, um, with Envies, I know a guy. Um, gotcha. And that guy's me, but I don't know a guy that works for a specialized retailer. So, what? <laughs> I don't work for Envy. <laughs> But the bike rides, like, it turns better with the proper offset fork. Surprise, surprise. Um, I put the Knox wheels with the higher engagement hub on the, don't help me, on the Izzo. And that bike's, like, dialed now. Um, we rode Cottonwood on Wednesday with that, I think. Thursday. It must have been Thursday. That was the day. Um, oh, I, I didn't cover this. In my last attempt at recording this episode a moment ago, um... I've like been thinking about ordering one of these frames and I'm like really ready to honestly, like, like I said, I need to sell some stuff. It's like the frame, the wheels, all of it. Like I should sell some things just to get crap out of the way, but I lost my wallet. So, um, first time in my life, I, I don't have my wallet, so I can't really, uh, buy anything. Um, so with that said, um, I, have just done the best that I can. I'm really freaked out yesterday when I couldn't find it. Um, but that's how it goes, I guess. I don't know. It's dumb. It's not like my cards got used or anything. I'm just a bozo and I, like I work from home now and I used it on Wednesday and then I haven't, like it was Sunday and I'm like, huh, I don't know where my wallet is. And like, I go through like what I did on Thursday and I don't remember it. It's just gone. So, um, the biggest bummer is that wallet is no longer made. It's made by a company called Pack Northwest. I met them when they came through Salida doing, I think, Tour Divide in 2019. I bought one of their little bitty, like, front pocket wallets, and now it's gone. So, I don't know. Um, I'll have to figure that one out. But, um, and then I rode my Diverge a couple of times. Probably haven't ridden that bike in, like, a month. And I rode it two nights ago, and then I rode it tonight after work, but before we recorded, and... It was a hoot. Um, that bike's really quick. I think with that bike, my biggest thing is is I always want to run different tires. So um, probably going to swap the tires on that bike this week. Um, I've been running those Panaracer. And, God, they're great tires, but terrible naming. Um, you know, just like everything from Mavic is some type of... Isn't it like Well, I was going to say, just like everything from Mavic is some type of an elite. You know, it's an... XA Elite Enduro Supreme. You know, it couldn't just be a different name. It's like everything is a Sirium. Everything road is a Sirium, right? And it's like shoes, helmets, gloves, glasses, wheels, all Siriums. And you're like, cool. That makes this impossible to find. Um, but um, the Panaracer does the same thing with their tires. There's like Gravel King, SK. AK-47, SL-46, T-47, 9-3, T-1000, Terminator. You know, and, like, that's a fucking tire model. And you're like, Jesus, I hope this is the right one. Um, in all seriousness, I think it's a Gravel King SL. I don't know. Maybe I don't think it's the plus. I think plus means tougher. I don't know. I'm not that smart. Can't keep up with it. But um, I've been riding those tires. They're great. But I want to go back to those Rambler. I have Maxxis Rambler 38s. I haven't ridden those in about a year. 
So I've ridden the zip tires on that bike, and I've ridden the pan racer tires on that bike. I want to swap over to those uh, Ramblers again just to get a feel for those. Um, the Ramblers is a super supple tire, so um, the zip tire was pretty soft, but not quite as supple as the pan racer. And I think the Maxxis is like in between the two, so I'll give that a shot again. Um, I don't know, just if for nothing else, something to something to fiddle with, um, but. That really wraps up what I've got going on, and I don't know, we could segue into Andrea, and oh, and uh, so Andrea and I rode Cottonwood, and I bought a bow this week. What did you do this week, Andrea? (laughs) Well, the day before Matt bought a bow, I bought a bow, because I really have been wanting to try uh, bow hunting, and I'll do that next year. Like right now, I'm just kind of shooting my bow a lot, uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm getting okay at it. I'm at that point in learning, and this happens with just like every new skill that you could possibly learn. This is just like how your body and your brain works. Is you'll just be like, you'll get better, like you'll get to mediocre real fast with practice, and then you level off. And then somewhere in that leveling off, you'll have like one stroke of greatness and then go right back to being really mediocre. <laughs> and that's that's where I am right now. Like I, I go and I, I out in the yard and I shoot and it's okay. But then like I'll shoot a set of arrows where almost every arrow is right in the fucking bullseye. And then I go back to sucking again. And it's it's kind of funny. But that's really cool. Oh, so today I went out to scout for elk, which I've been doing a lot. Uh, I start hunting October 30th. It's second rifle season in Colorado. First rifle season starts uh, this upcoming Saturday. So it'll be, uh, once this show posts, it you'll be like the Monday of first rifle season. So I found... Wait, what are we going to do then? Oh, when I'm hunting? We'll just have to record something like a short one to uh put out we'll we'll take care of it i'll schedule it ahead of time or you can do it but anyway so i went to this area that was affected by the wildfire uh near salida a few years ago and there's a trail that was largely not all of it but largely burnt during the wildfire and they just didn't rebuild it and so there's places where there's okay trail, and then there's places where there's absolutely nothing but like scorched earth and down trees that are all black and no trail at all. So it's really hard to get around out there. And I guess because of that, that's where a lot of animals are hiding. I found a bull elk who that was it was pretty big. Um you know, not like a giant massive like you see it and you your heart stops for a second, but the funny thing about it was, like, its antlers weren't humongous, but it was fat. Like, if you've ever seen a, oh, like, if you've ever seen a squirrel, like a city squirrel, you know, that just looks too fat to be a wild animal, that's what this elk looked like. Like, it jiggled when it ran off. It was the funniest thing. Like, it looked like, for people who um, are around horses, it looked like a quarter horse. It had a butt like a quarter horse. And that's only going to make sense to, like, probably three listeners. Uh, Message me on Instagram if you get that. But 
That's what this elk looked like. It was like the chonkiest elk I've ever seen in my life. It just didn't even look right. It looked like it had been eating out of someone's garden. And there are no gardens for a long way from where this was. But that was really cool that I saw, uh, you know, I finally found a bull elk. The last thing I have in my notes, and some of you caught this on the Just Riding Along Instagram account, that I had a custom Just Riding Along Kula cloth made. And a few people were like, what is that? And some people were like, hey, that's awesome. Uh, basically, it is a, I guess about a five by five square of cloth of fabric that is waterproof on one side and uh, absorbent on the other, and it's just a reusable pee rag. So when you pee, you use that to wipe, and then you wash it. You know, if you like, you were out for a multi day hike, you'd like stop and wash it in in a creek or something like once a day and then let it dry off overnight and uh, it's ready to go again in the morning and then whenever you get home you throw it in the washing machine and it's it's awesome Um, you don't have to carry around toilet paper well you don't have to carry as much toilet paper so um, (laughs) they will make I haven't talked to them about um, quantities and stuff yet but I did have some interest in having uh, that made and like to sell to listeners. So if you're interested, or if you just want to see what this is, um, go and look it up. It's K-U-L-A cloth. Um, look it up. They have lots of cool designs if you just want to get one to try out. I, I recommend having more than one for sure, because you will lose them. Uh, you might have one in the washing machine when you're ready to like get out in the woods and use one. So you know, you want two or three of them for sure. I have one now for hunting that is blaze orange with the Just Riding Along logo. And then my other one now can stay with my bike stuff. So it's really cool. So that is pretty much everything I've done. Um, Kenny, what have you been up to? I went to Moab this weekend. Unfortunately, it was not to ride bicycles. It was to ride motor bicycles. But yeah, rode dirt bikes, did the white rim. Um, yeah, kind of cool. I guess you got to get a you get a permit for it. I guess it's not that much different than a bicycle. They give out only so many permits a day. Although, yeah, maybe you might know a little bit more about this. Um, I mean, I don't really care either way. I just thought it was interesting. So you can hike it, I'm sure. You can ride bikes, which you have to get a permit for. You can ride motorcycles, which you have to get a permit for. You can do it in a vehicle, like a four-wheel drive, which you also get a permit for. And there's something like 25 vehicles, which I believe is motorcycles and just vehicles all combined, I'm pretty sure. And then 25 per day for bicycles. But there's also very obviously like some type of shuttle company situation there where they like have a giant van and we saw a bunch of these vans toting people around and bikes around and they were at all the little rest stops so there's obviously way more than 25 permits i know you can get day ofs and also i'm assuming that these shuttle people are maybe like exempt and and there's only so many they're allowed and you can go through that company or something like that that's my educated guess because there were probably at least 100 cyclists out there that day would be my educated guess yeah, maybe I mean, le- maybe less than so, that. So, 
like for like for Monarch Crest, um, for Absolute Bikes to do shuttles there, they get a certain number per year that they can a, a certain number of people per year that they can shuttle uh, to Monarch Crest. So I'm gotcha. sure it's something like that, like where they're permitted a certain number of people per year, and it can only be so many per day, probably. If I just had to, I mean, it's I'm sure it's per year, but then I don't know about the daily rate of that they might just be limited by their van carrying capacity as far as that goes but anyway did white rim it's cool that's the first time i've done white rim it's definitely neat it's very um you know lots of cool stuff to see and you are away from a lot of other things unfortunately you know if you're bothered by motorcycles or if you're on a motorcycle and you're bothered by slower cyclists then i guess that could annoy you but it was fine like it wasn't I would hardly call it trafficy. Like you had to pay attention, um, and it's it's giant and wide open. It's pretty rare that you're just going to sneak up on somebody. Like there are a couple blind corners here and there, but yeah, it's not really a problem. Is what I'm getting at. Um, you know, everybody was nice. I don't think anybody was pissed off. I basically like idled as slow as I could possibly ride my motorcycle by all the people. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was still like four hours moving time on the motorcycles. Um, maybe six hours total because we stopped a lot and hung out and um, checked out little canyons and you know walked around a little bit so yeah it was a good time it does put into perspective on the bicycle I don't know what the exact time is but I'm pretty sure it's in that five hour ballpark for the record on a bicycle and that's like 20 miles an hour or just shy of and that is bananas like totally insane because we were going at like a good clip, definitely not just hauling, uh, but going at a good clip on the motorcycles and yeah, four hours. So yeah, pretty crazy, but neat place. Highly recommend somebody who wants a long but tame mountain bike ride. That's a really good one. We got super duper lucky with the weather. It was sketchy and super rainy on the drive down and like raining that first night that we camped. And in the morning it was cold but yeah, super nice, like partly cloudy. It was like 60 to 65 degrees and all that previous rain made all like the sandy parts just amazing. Um, on a motorcycle, those sandy parts were just like, I would describe it as loam sand where you can slide around and kind of like ski a little bit, but it wasn't like sketchy. It didn't just want to completely dig the front end. Um, yeah, really good time. So amazing conditions probably not ever going to be better than when we rode there were like a couple tiny puddles here and there and that was about it it was amazing so that was fun and yeah. then we just played around and we did uh, some jeep roads the next day what's up matt oh i was gonna say um andrea looked it up the men's fkt is like 528 on a bike so yeah and then you know with those shuttle companies i guess part of that is like that guided tour you know like let's call it there's like 25 over-the-counter permits a day but like It'd be all but impossible to like grab a day of permit and then schedule a guide and everything. So I'm sure that they have some that are allotted to them, so they can function as a business. You know, like no, I, th I think all that is very reasonable. I'm not mad about it. I was more just curious about it because uh, there were very apparently more than just 25. Well, there's probably. What's interesting is I only saw other than support vehicles. I saw maybe one or two people that looked like they were just solo with no bikes or bike rack. Um, in like some type of Jeep type device. 
everybody else was pretty obviously a shuttle van or very obviously following um, a cyclist. And I think if you're just a random cyclist who's not part of the tour guide, I'm pretty sure that you're allowed to have a support vehicle, which is fine and probably, you know, the safer choice for a lot of people. Um, anyway, yeah, no qualms about it, more just uh, curious about it. Yeah. Um, what else is happening? That's it for me. You know, I ride my bike occasionally. Uh, I did, I haven't installed them yet, but I'll let you know. I ditched my four piston XTR brakes and I'm going to try some uh, TRP DHR Evos. So the big daddy four piston TRP brake with the big old 2.3 rotors. And how yeah, are you going to fit the hose through your frame? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully oh, it yeah, fits. How are- how are you liking the, uh, you said you're going to put some knobby, meaty tires on. I haven't put them on yet, so I'll let you know. I've still got, my recons are still in pretty darn good condition, and I feel bad ripping those off. Even working at a bike shop, Max's tires are really expensive, so I don't really want to throw them away. Makes sense. Yeah, but basically, here's my take on Shimano brakes lately. They're... Not as good as they used to be. Quite simply. Oh God. Put. Oh God, he finally said it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I do what I think is right at the time, which changes because things change. So SRAM brakes, we can all agree, were unbelievably terrible for a very, very long period of time. Nobody else really made a good compelling brake. Shimano wasn't doing anything super fancy at the time. Their brakes just like kinda worked. Yeah, they like took advantage of of other brakes sucking to yep. get the reputation of being a little better than what they were. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're so, trying to find like a, a food truck and like there's maggot water pouring out of one and like the other one there's only like one stray cat hanging around it. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, "Huh. I guess this is the better choice because the out of the options available to me right now, um this one is definitely the least sketchy. Yeah. So. Yep. so that was my take on Shimano brakes. And also, truly, they had a very lightweight four-piston option. Not that SRAM didn't at the time. Like, you know, the the XO Trail was kind of the first stab at it, and it morphed into six other brake names that they had to abandon because they were so terrible, and they didn't want that name to ever be used again. So... Anyway, I jumped on the Shimano train because of those four piston brakes and they were really good when they're new. They're really good. No matter what, still all the Shimanos have that wandering bite point problem when you get them hot. They still work. They don't get squishy. It's just the bite point usually moves outwards and like they just feel different, especially if you get the brakes hot and then you're doing like a lot of modulating right after you get them hot. They just feel fucked up for lack of a better term. They work. They make tons of power. I'd never lost power on those brakes other than when they broke down on me and then you lose all your power. So the reason I had I'm getting all rid the of power them, until I had none of the power. Yeah, exactly. The reason I'm getting rid of them is this is now the fourth individual Shimano brake. So two sets that have puked out master cylinders and I've had them die as early as one month and I've had them last as long as two years. But basically just know that if you buy Shimano's, and I'm now saying this because I see so many of the newer generation brakes coming back with issues. If you have a set of Shimano's and you get more than one or two years out of it, you're doing good. 
But basically, if you want to be ultra safe, you should probably retire your Shimano brakes after every year. Otherwise, they will puke out the master cylinder. And that really sucks. So anyway, I'm going to try the TRPs. Other than feeling a few sets of them that we've installed, a couple of employee bikes, they feel amazing. Um, I got my brother a set of them. He loves them. Uh, he had some old codes that were acting funny. So anyway, once I get them installed and ride them a few times, I'll get you a little bit better idea. But yep, Shimano's are being retired. Do we do we want to rip through some industry news? Yeah, let's do it. There's a ton. Um, Specialized Crux rebranded as like an ultralight gravel do it all cross bike gravel bike everything internet loses its mind um kenny do you guys sell many cross bikes not a ton i mean we do a decent number of gravel bikes a few cross bikes um we do a lot of diverges so more of like the adventure gravel whatever the hell you want to call it there's so many categories now i can't even keep track it's um, like mountain bikes yeah out of control we do okay with them from what i've seen my thought on the new crux is it's just definitely if you are going to own a single skinny tire bike that would obviously be the one yeah it seems super legit yeah there's nothing I, the one thing i like about modern specialized is they don't do as much dumb proprietary stuff most everything they've made <laughs> just kind of works um, you know, they like to throw some uh, the, springy, sprongy stems in there every once in a while and some other weird stuff. But, you know, they've gone away from, you know, special mount rear shocks. They use regular rear shocks now. They use threaded bottom brackets. Like in their mountain bike scene, and I could be not thinking of something, but all their modern mountain bikes are like all normal stuff. They just do it better than everybody else. So this bike looks like that. It's nothing silly. It uses doesn't use like a regular seat post and regular stem and all the regular stuff. Only some stuff is internally routed. Like it's just a well-built bicycle. It is really cool, but the geometry, if I were going to only have one bike, one drop bar bike, uh, it couldn't be that one because it would like, my head would just fall off trying to look up the road. So does it have like a really short stack or what? Well, it's just an aggressive yeah, bike. Yeah, I mean, it's that's, it's just made it's made for that. Uh, which, I mean, I don't fault them for that. It just doesn't work for everyone, and I'm just one of those people it doesn't work for. Yeah, I mean, I I'm also like proportion wise goofy. I need tall head tubes to be comfortable. That's just how I am. So probably wouldn't work for me either. Uh, but yeah, I'm also not scared of a 40 mil spacer under my stem. I don't give a shit what other people think I look like. Yeah. Um, if you wanted a tall stack bike, you should look at the new Otso Fenrir. <laughs> look at that fucking Segway. Uh, big money over here. Uh, did you see that bike, Kenny? They released that nope. this week. So steel drop bar. They kind of built it like a tweener geometry, so you could do like a classic XC long stem flat bar or short stem drop bar. And it holds big tires and is all-around adventure bike. It's like a full-blown drop bar mountain bike, though. So, boost spacing, built around the NV fork. Um, super cool. So, yeah. Isn't it 2.6 tires? 
Yeah, it holds two sixes. And All is right, that so the, is that the Fen Fenrir Fenrir? Yeah, and then I'm trying to like have two screens going on one screen, and it's not working nearly as well as actually having two screens. Um, uh, flight attendant that came out, which is kind of nutters. Do you got? Did you guys get any bikes with it? I think maybe we've got one. I'm not sure. I know we've got some inbound. We've been getting a whole bunch of the uh, Scott Sparks, the new ones with all the hidden shit in there. Oh, cool. Um, so those are cool. We built a bunch of those and sold a bunch of those. The e-bike version of it uh, called the Patron or Patreon or Patriarch or something like that. I don't know. So that one looks pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually put my hands on it yet, but I looked at all the specs. All this stuff was, I mean... I think we all knew it was coming. Yeah, may yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess like there's two things, right? There's like Eagle Tap where we're like this is coming, right? And then like there's this stuff where it happens and you're like, "Oh. I don't know how to put it like it's like you're not surprised. Does that make sense?" Yes. Like, I'm not smart enough to say that, like, oh, they're going to release something that is AXS. Uh, they're going to make a whole ecosystem for your entire bike. They're going to do tire whiz and power meter and shock controller and the old whiz bang up down seat post and the old dirt shifter. And it's all going to live in one ecosystem. But, like, when it happens, you're just like, oh, huh. Uh, of course it did. You know, like, it's not hard to, like, make that leap, right? God, I used some old SRAM marketing. Oh, I said make the leap. Oh, damn. Oh. Ed Giletti is like stoked right now. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to make their own bike computer to go with all, like their own head unit to go with all of this. I don't know. I've touched Flight Attendant, but I haven't ridden it. So in the future, maybe I'll get to ride some. Um, let's see. More big industry news moving on. Um, the Pond Group purchased Durrell. So now Cervelo, Cervelo, Santa Cruz, Cannondale, GT, and Schwinn are the same brand. So when you see someone slide up on their brand new fucking mega tower, you can look at them and go, sweet Schwinn, bro. Um, yep. Huffy and Niner. Schwinn and Santa Cruz. You know, I guess what's we're in this really weird space. And when I say space, it's like we talked about this since the reboot where it's like, man, like, and this isn't knocking on other media because, again, we're not important. We don't get press releases. I, we're not important. Um, but, you know, like you look and like some of the big, brands of media are conglomerating and you see here like as brands in the cycling world of like manufacturers are conglomerating and I don't want to say it makes things boring but it definitely makes things a little scary if that makes any sense um, well I mean it's that way in anything in life right when the bigger people get bigger and more powerful you know what comes with it is you know possibility for monopolistic stuff and and abuse of power and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So Ooh, there's gonna be bike cartels. 
<laughs> it's interesting. I don't know what to think about it at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things. You know, Mike's Bikes carries quite a bit of power. They're a very, very large retailer on the West Coast. Uh, I think all in California, if I'm not mistaken. But they were a specialized dealer, predominantly. And I think maybe there were talks about selling to specialize. I read a whole bunch of articles on this. And maybe something went sour and they decided not to specialize. I think it's getting their feelings hurt a little bit, you know, with Trek stores and they want to do more concept stuff and have more like store ownership and all this kind of stuff. Um, they're also trying to do more direct to consumer stuff. So it's, it's an interesting space in general, uh, being an IBD, but anyway, uh, Mike Spikes got dropped by Specialized uh, right after they signed a deal with Pawn. So Mike Spikes is owned by Pawn, who owns, like we talked about, Cervelo, Santa Cruz, uh, and now Cannondale GT Schwinn. So, you know, maybe Mike and Spikes had a lot of knowledge of all that stuff, and that's why they decided to go the direction they were going to go, knowing that they were probably going to lose Specialized. Um, yeah, very... Very interesting stuff. And people act like Specialized is just being a dickhead, but it's like, no, you can't have like a huge player in the industry peeking behind the curtain on your products. Like, you can't have someone that owns your... Like, Mike's Bikes can't be owned by Pawn, who owns Cervelo, who's looking behind the curtain at Specialized. That's just not okay, you know? I mean, I would say yes and no. Because the one way I look at it is if Specialized knows they make really good products, why are they scared about anybody else? I never understood that mentality at all. Um, and also, let's be realistic. The degree to which they would get advanced knowledge is like, what, maybe a couple weeks before the general public does on a bike getting released? It's not like that's enough time to develop a bike. Life cycles on bikes are years. So, um, But or like forecasting and trends, they're... I think that there's something to say there. No, and I, I think understand that, there that is. purchasing mics, they have that historical data. Yes, but when 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 Specialized comes and does a forecasting meeting talking about 2024, I think that does give you a little bit of an unfair advantage as a competitor. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. There's definitely you know a slight conflict of interest there, but um, and, and none of this should be a surprise at all. I mean, like, you know, the folks at Mike's bikes are obviously intelligent people. They know they, they knew that if they made this move, that specialized was going to be gone. Like they knew that. Yeah. Um, well, do we want to move on with more interesting news? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, bike yoke divine SL gets longer. So that's super yeah, interesting they for me. They needed to do that for sure. That 80 mil was, I mean, it was neat. It was a good post. A lot of people had them. I've rebuilt a few of them. Uh, they're very simple. They're pretty reliable. Uh, super light. You can cut them, all the things. But 80 mil travel, yeah, not enough. Well, it was it was awesome when your Bronson was coming with a 125 dropper. But now that your Bronson comes with a 170, you know, like or a 200 does that make sense like i yep. think that as every post like it was it used to be a percentage of a big post and then posts got bigger and now it's a percentage of big posts again you know 
I feel like this is, I mean, sort of on topic, but a little off topic. I think Matt and Kenny and I, all three of us, started mountain biking early enough in mountain bike history that we didn't have dropper posts on our bike. Like, the only dropper post that I think existed when I started mountain biking was the gravity dropper. And, you know, no one had that unless you lived somewhere in the mountains. Like, I think I saw one the whole time I lived in Memphis and worked in a bike shop. So, you know, all of us learned how to be pretty good on mountain bikes without a dropper post. And I feel like that makes it to where I don't, I don't know, I don't really need a 200. Maybe it's also because my legs are always a little short on medium bikes. And I end up running a kind of a shorter post anyway, like usually a 100 or a 125. But even the really short ones, like I had that Divine 80 mil on the Element that I had a while, a couple years ago. And I thought that was wonderful for that bike. But it's just because I learned all how to do all that stuff like I love having a dropper post don't get me wrong and I if I you know I don't know if if someone pointed a gun at my head and said you if you're gonna ride a dropper post for the rest of your life it's gonna add five extra pounds to your bike I'd probably choose that you know over not ever having a dropper post again yeah I'd take like a five pound weight penalty to always have a dropper post on my bike Matt's looking at me funny all I'm saying is I love dropper post, but I can still fucking shred with no or very little dropper. So that for me, was what my long rambling thing. And I was going to ask, like, Kenny, do you feel the same way? Like if if you're on a bike without a dropper or, you know, your dropper broke or something, would you still like do most of this? Not all of it. I mean, there's definitely some stuff I don't want to ride without a dropper. But, you know, I feel like the three of us know how to ride with like a saddle in the sternum. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick it on purpose anymore. There's a lot of things, right? Back in the day, Hey, I lived in Memphis. You truly just didn't right. need a dropper. <laughs> Even when you would travel to Arkansas and that kind of stuff, it, it, it was never that gnarly. So, and Arkansas of course has changed even since then. I mean, they've, the amount of trails they've built there in the past 10 years is extraordinary. And they're all modern trails with all modern fun stuff that's going to be steeper and more challenging. Anyway, started mountain biking in Memphis and a couple things, it was not necessary. And number two, the droppers added a ton of weight and they were the most unreliable pieces of shit you have ever put eyes on. Like they were just horrible. Like the crank brothers thing, even that gravity drop oh, with like the little spoon, the oh, spoon style. Fucking hell. They're so bad. And then, um, what other one the gravity dropper even though it's a peg in a hole actually still broke and sucked like it was terrible um the the reverbs were um surprisingly enough the same level of shittiness for about 10 years before they figured those out uh, yeah everything was so terrible i would had just never dreamed of getting one but now that they're dialed for the most part i would never go with that one and my right take you can on even get the, uh what's up Oh, I was going to say, you can get uh, pretty reasonably priced, like not really fancy dropper posts that are still reliable and sure. rebuildable. Yep, for sure. But on the travel front, I started out with like a 125 
And I thought that was fine. I was like, I don't really need any more than 125. It's fine. And also frames were kind of limited because they had maybe taller seat tubes. So if you were on a taller rider, you could literally only run so much of a dropper. But now that everything's getting much more modern and they're figuring it out and how to cram all that stuff in there, they're making seat tubes way straighter, even though they're way shorter. Um, Bikes are just designed around droppers these days. So they got all the correct routing and, and all that. So as far as travel goes, for me, max it out. More the better. 100%. So I'm at 180 now. And I would do a 200 if it fit in my bike properly. Um, getting that saddle completely and totally out of the way, I'm all for it. Like, I just see no reason not to do more travel. All right. What? Uh... Oh, and on that topic, uh, on the bike yoke stuff, I've had two bike yokes now. So I'll, I'll run through my history. Uh, I had a Magura Electronic one first. And that broke immediately. And I still need to see if I can get it like warrantied. I'm sure I can at this point. It's way too old. But yeah, I had only used it for like six months and it broke. And then I got an Exfusion Manic, which was incredible. Like what a good seat post for 200 something dollars. Like that thing is incredible. Super smooth, super reliable. If you need to rebuild it, it costs like an hour of your time and a $40 cartridge. So Anyway, I can't say enough good stuff about the X-Fusion. A little bit on the heavy side, and they're a little bit limited on travel options, and the non-movable part of the seat post is like fairly long for the amount of travel that it has, so it kind of wastes a lot of space in your seat tube where you can't maybe run as much drop. But other than that, fantastic seat post, and I've had two Bike Yoke Revive Maxes now, a 150 or a 160, whatever that travel config is for them and then a 180 and they're fantastic easy to rebuild for the most part it's got the little bleeder thing in there works amazing it's one of the lighter posts out there um it's got a native 34.9 which is good for specialized yeah such a good post highly recommend that that one's up to 213 millimeters now i saw that fancy Do we have any other industry news? Trek updated the top fuel, and it looks good. I would definitely ride the shit out of that bike. It's also a 34.9 seat post now. Uh, still 120. It went from 120 front, 115 rear to 120, 120. A little bit slacker head tube, a little bit steeper seat tube. Got the old down tube hole storage. Um, and all in all, is a bike 10 out of 10 I would definitely party on. All right. Anything cool. else before we go to listener questions? No, we don't do those today. Oh, okay. Because it's 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 my bedtime and Kenny's dinner time. And, uh, Just a short episode tonight? Well, I mean, you know, we are human. That's 45 minutes. We're good. I... One of y'all close it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. See you. Jesus Christ, dumb bitch juice. You can't see people. It's a podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pet.